Welcome to another edition of the Jungle Juice podcast here, the final day of January. Sam and Mick with you. Mick, final day of January. Is, is that not a little weird? Like, we're already there? The, day, the days just go by, Sam. Just wait until... God, like, you're so old. I don't, it's just another day <laughs> goes by. Sure this isn't Dave know. Nelson coming in here talking about... Are you going to be talking about these kids in your neighborhood next? And No, not yet. Not yet. No, we, we will be talking about that one day, though. It, it will be. If we're being honest, this podcast is only about, what, maybe six months away from us just ranting about the weather and kids these days and, and all of those go-to words that people like to throw around. It, it's, it's only time until we get there. Uh, yeah. Coming, <laughs> coming up on the show today, we are going to deep dive into the Bengals' defense. You know, we're going to go player by player. We're going to talk about the free agents on this Bengals' defense. There's some really interesting ones. Interesting cut candidates, too. We'll talk about those. And then going through, you know, some of the guys that need to step up for this defense, that was disappointing, I think is the right word to describe them, Mick, right? Uh, this year, I think, would say a disappointing overall season. We'll talk about that and so on coming up on today's episode of Jungle Juice. We'll also... Uh, talk a little conference championships. I think that there were some interesting things that you could connect to the Bengals that happened over the weekend, and we will discuss that um, and, and and a lot more. Uh, Mick, though, I know we wanted to at least begin the show on just a little bit of a somber note, and we're only going to take just a few few seconds for this because I, knowing him, he wouldn't have wanted us to make an sh- entire show somber because of him, but... Uh, we lost somebody that we would classify as a good friend of ours, uh, an admin of our Houday Nation Facebook page. Dave Miracle passed away a week ago today. Uh, Dave was in his mid forties, uh, leaves behind two sons. Um, he, you know, he loved the Bengals, he loved the Reds, he loved Kentucky, he loved memes, but he loved his kids even more. And uh, it's it's not going to be the same without him. He's a really, really, really good guy. Uh, continue to rally around his family. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well said, Sam. Um, we got a chance to meet Miracle a couple times at Bengals tailgates. Obviously, we've uh, you know gotten to know him through uh, various sports pages on Facebook. Uh, really just down-to-earth guy um, and, and a really great presence to be around. Uh, both in person and online, and uh, uh, Dave Dave's going to be missed. So, yeah, yeah. There, there's no, no no question about that. Uh, he was a good supporter of ours and continued to rally around his family. Leaves behind two sons, who I know one of his sons, Jacob, came to a game last year. Hmm. The one thing though about Dave is I think he came to like two or three games in the last couple of seasons, and the Bengals never won any of them. So I think I sent him a message oh. being like, "Listen, man, I love seeing you." But you're not allowed anymore. <laughs> you're said you're bringing oh, some bad yeah. mojo or something. But we'll definitely uh, miss him. Uh, make sure you follow us on our social media channels, though, as we continue to roll on in the show. Uh, we've we're on Facebook. We are on YouTube. We are also on Twitter X, whatever we want to call. So make sure you follow us on those. And then we're also on your favorite podcasting platform as well, Spotify iTunes, Apple, I guess that's the same thing as iTunes, all, all of the different ways that we have to make sure that you go back and you can listen to the show. But Mick, let's talk about this defense. 
And I use the word disappointing, fair or foul, to describe the Cincinnati Bengals defense as disappointing in 2024 or 2023. Hopefully oh, yeah. it's not going to be disappointing in 2024. Yeah, um, fair. Uh, they're definitely not foul. We knew they were going to go through some growing pains with Von Bell and Jesse Bates leaving uh, on the defensive side of the ball at both safety spots. Um, but I think we saw the defense... I think inconsistent is the best way to, to describe the defense. Yeah, because they had some good games this year. Yeah, and it, it kind of went in spurts, too. I mean, they kind of started off like, I don't know. It, for the first four weeks, it was kind of a tale of, you know, it was like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, right? The, the first four weeks of the season, like you had a decent performance against the Browns, a bad performance against the Ravens, a great performance against the Rams, a really bad performance against the Titans. Then they start to kind of uh, ride the wave, I guess, for, for four weeks. You know, you had the uh, the Cardinals game. They didn't look great, but they definitely played well enough to win. Uh, the Seahawks game, they pretty much won that game. The Niners game, they, they held one of the best offenses in the NFL to, to 17 points. It's a 17, right? 31 17. Yeah. yeah, 17 points. Bill's game, they 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 handled Josh Allen just fine. And then you saw like another dip after that. You saw uh the Texans game, which was a really bad game. They gave up so many plays of 30 plus yards. You had it was after that. The Ravens game, they kind of just gave I, up once Joe Burrow got hurt. Yeah, and that's a good Ravens offense, too. And then from then on, you kind of almost have to put an asterisk by it. Kind of, yeah, but also you kind of saw their best stretch of the season, too, with those three wins against Jacksonville. Yeah, you got to throw Steelers in there. Colts. You got to throw Steelers in there. They did make Kenny Pickett and Najee Harris look like insert great quarterback and insert great running back. Yeah, uh, yeah, I know Kenny Pickett didn't necessarily look. Game. Yes, Man, uh, Mason Rudolph looked like you know Patty yeah. Mahomes out there. Like, and they really, I think Patrick they, Mahomes pretty yeah. well too. They weren't. They weren't. Kelsey was really a non-factor in that game. Uh, in fact, yeah. they're the last team to play the Chiefs well. Yeah, it it was just a really inconsistent season. I PFF rated it as the worst defensive season of the Lou Anarumo era. I don't know if it was quite that bad. Um, 2019 was pretty bad. 2019 was pretty bad. Um, the te- the defense never played bad enough where the team was completely out of the game. This year, I think they always kept the team in the game. They were always a bend but don't break defense this year, which, you know, it's like, you know, I have a love-hate relationship with it. I hate that they're out on the field all the time and they're getting gashed up for yards and stuff like that, but uh, they're not giving up points. So, I mean, that's the other, that's the caveat of it. If you give, if you give up a lot of yards and don't give up points, I mean, what does it really matter? But, um, yeah, there there were some really good spots on the defense, though. So. Pass rush was better than I think I've seen in a while. I think it's probably the best I've seen in the Lou Anarumo era. Um, but coverage is probably the worst I've seen in the Lou Anarumo era. So, and a lot of that goes to the youth of the secondary. Yeah, a lot of it does have to go with the youth of the secondary. Um, you lost both safeties from last year. You lost Jesse Bates. You lost Von Bell. 
you replace them with Dax Hill, who is was essentially a rookie uh, in 2024, and then you replace the other spot with Nick Scott until he played himself on the bench. Um, and I think yeah, you and- saw it. I think you saw an uptick in defense when Jordan Battle came in too. As from the yeah, defense. and that'll be something. Let's let's come back to those points too here in a, in a few minutes when we go. Let's go like uh, player position. position by position and so on and come back because I think that there are a lot of questions when you go to that uh, as we look forward. So let's just let's just start doing that and let's just go to that defensive line first and let's look ahead as to what the Bengals have coming back next year. So your returners right now on the defensive line. It, I mean, it's a good group. Uh, you've got Trey Hendrickson coming back. You've got B.J. Hill coming back. You've got Sam Hubbard, Miles Murphy, Joseph Osai, Zach Carter, Cam Sample, and uh, well, now I wrote down Jay Tufele, but I think Jay Tufele is a free agent. Now that I put him, I think I put him on the wrong side, but I don't know that that necessarily matters as to which side he's on. I think I was thinking about him, and I think he should be on my list of free agents, but regardless, he's not. On the free agent list are both of your interior guys of DJ Reader and Josh Tupo. Those are your two free agents for the Bengals. Now, one interesting aspect to this defensive line, Mick, as far as cut candidates, that's one of the things that we've been talking about, is the only one that really stands out on the Bengals' defensive line as far as a cut candidate. And I don't describe a guy like Zach Carter or a Cam Sample as a cut candidate because I'm talking about guys that have a legitimate chance of helping out in the cap. Like, if you cut Zach Carter, that's going to really do nothing for the cap at all. You know, it might save a little bit here or there, but it's really going to do nothing. The one guy who does have an interesting cut story with him is B.J. Hill. Uh, cut would save $7.5 million against the cap and 3.3 in dead money. That is an interesting one to keep an eye on. You know, B.J. Hill getting close to 30. And I think that if there is a big defensive lineman signing, which let's come back to that point here in about two minutes, B.J. Hill could be the odd man out. And, and I think that would be interesting. I'm not, pick, I'm not predicting that. I don't think it'll happen. But it's not crazy, I don't think, to say it would happen. It's not crazy. I, I agree. I don't think it's going to happen. I think the... I think the writing on the wall with B.J. Hill is that they are going to do with him what they did with Jesse Bates and what they did with potentially Sam Hubbard last year. Um, I think that they are probably going to draft his replacement pretty early in the draft this year. They are going to have that guy um, I more or less ride the bench. They'll probably sprinkle him in him in, you know, in plays here and there um, in the first year, and then they'll probably end up cutting B.J. Hill this offseason. The, the thing with B.J. Hill is that, yes, you're you're saving $7 million on the cap, but he's probably providing, you know, 8 to $10 million worth of value anyway. So I think that he, the Bengals have him for a decent value contract. Um even though that his cap hit or, you know, their his cap savings would be, would be fairly high. So I don't see him leaving. I don't see the Bengals cutting him. I do see them drafting his replacement in round one though. Or even round two. Like I, that's good. If they make it to day three and they haven't drafted a three tech, I'm going to be a little bit concerned unless they, for some reason, 
sign a guy like Matabike or, or, you know, or something like that to where they just decide to pay a young guy an insane amount of money, you know, just as an example for that, like that would be the only way that I'm not going to be like, okay. And even then I think you're going to need to look into getting a guy, you know, in those mid rounds, if you're spending money on, on big money, because I think if you're, if like, let's just say, you know, I see the popular name we're going to be hearing for, for the next, you know, six weeks or however long it is until free agency begins is Chris Jones. We're going to be hearing it a lot. (laughs) Listen, I don't think it will, but then again, did we think Orlando Brown Jr. was going to happen last year? Uh, No, I don't think we did. We did. Thanks for listening. Here's the thing with, here's the thing with the Orlando Brown Jr. is that the Bengals like signing younger, younger guys. I mean, Orlando Brown Jr. was, is, was 28, right? Like, He's 28, 27, 28. I mean, Chris Jones is over the age of 30. He's like over the hump. So I don't think the Bengals And he's probably going to want a four-year deal. And I don't think that would be financially smart for the Bengals at all. Now, if you told me that the Bengals could get a one-year, $21 million deal for Chris Jones next year, I'd almost go, hmm. Like, that would almost be like, ooh. I'd Almost rather give that money to Chris but, Jones and give that to T if I'm going to be well, honest. See, and and that, that's the question is, is I think I, it's, it's one or the other. It's not both. But I think a guy like Justin Matabike from, from the Ravens is probably more of the mold where they would go. Now, he is very, very well could be a franchise tag guy for the Ravens. He's also going like, to be very expensive. Correct. Um, yes, he will. But I feel like you would be more likely to see them if they're going to go expensive at the three tech position, which would not shock me. I think you would see them go more the Matabike route or the Wilkins route than the Chris Jones route. I think you're going to see him go young, young, you know, in that DJ reader mold of a guy coming into his second contract rather than going to the guy who might be elite, but is potentially an injury away from being done. Here, here are the things that worry about me, worry me about Matabuike and Christian Wilkins is that they both come from three, four defenses. That's and, a good point. And Lou likes running a four-two. Um, how much of that um, impacts the way they play if they switch to a different uh, defensive schematic scheme? Uh, I, I, I just said that really weird. A different defensive. We scheme. We know what you meant. Um. You know, and I, I think that's something you really have to look at. That's why I'm not really big on Matabuike or Wilkins. Um, and I honestly, if we're looking at four three interior defensive tackles, one, there's really no nose tackles, I think, that are really worth it. I threw out the name Daquan Jones just because he was the only one that didn't suck. And, but the problem is he's that, that's not DJ Reader, by the way. And we'll kind of touch on DJ Reader here soon. Yeah, but, let's uh, come back. But yeah, I mean, you're looking at there's really no no nose tackles, um, and there's really not that many in the draft, which is really concerning. There's like two guys in the draft that I think could be potential starters. Um, one of them won't even give his weight at the Senior Bowl right now because the dude is freaking ginormous. Um, and then there's really, I mean, the three techs. If if you're looking at four three three techs. There's really not a lot of those to go around either. There's like, you know, there's some okay names here and there, but it's not like you're going to find a replacement for BJ Hill amongst this amongst this group. You've got Tim Settle from Buffalo. That guy's probably 
about the same level of skill as a as a BJ Hill, a Tierra Tart from Houston. That's not. He I don't think cut. he was cut from Tennessee. I mean, he still and played okay. Something but... that, that is interesting with him though is the Bengals did put a claim in on him. Now yeah, that was more based on the fact that DJ Reader was injured and they needed help at that position. But I don't re- I don't, you know, take that lightly. Like that does mean that they at least had some semblance of interest in that player. Yeah. No, I mean they had semblance of interest. Now, how much of that was desperation because uh because DJ Reader was hurt, even though Tier Tart is not nearly the size of DJ Reader and is not really a nose tackle. Like, so, I mean, what were they just going to rotate in with BJ Hill? Uh, Were they going to try and work BJ Hill at nose tackle? I don't think that would have worked out really well, but. um, And I think this all brings us back though, to the question of is DJ Reader potentially a chance to come back? Because I mean, you look at this, you know, DJ Reader, and again, I'm just bringing up the Chris Jones name just to put things into perspective because we keep talking about Chris Jones being that over 30 guy. They're the same age. Yeah. Both 29 and a half right now. You know, in fact, I- I'm even curious now as to when their birthdays are. They might be like legitimately born around the same time when it looks at this as, you know, as far as, you know, just, just based on sheer that number. Uh, in fact, literally... DJ Reader is two days older than Chris Jones. So when we say that they're the same age, those boys are about the same exact age. Now, the one thing, and again, I'm just bringing up just the point here, is you know, DJ Reader is coming off that second severe injury. And and yeah. that, to me, is the question. And I know we've talked about this a couple of times over these last couple of weeks, is I think, oddly enough, that helps the Bengals. It does, and it doesn't at the same time. Yeah, he could sign for a team-friendly deal, but then the Bengals are holding on hope that you know he returns back to form and they are wanting to compete for a Super Bowl next year. And we have already saw what the defense looks like without DJ Reader in it. Um, can you afford either... You know, Can you afford to be without DJ Reader for a couple months... You know, yeah, like let's let's month. say, let's say November the first, or let's just say when's the Bengals' bye week will be week eight next year. Let's just say that just just for for uh, you know uh, the reason of this here. And you say he'll be back after the bye week, meaning that you get DJ Reader for what uh, week nine on. So what is that? Uh, ten games. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, ten games. That's the question. Is is if I told you. The Bengals could re-sign DJ Reader one year, $7 million, but you get 10 games. Are you taking that deal? Because I think that would be more of what you'd be seeing. You'd probably see if... if what are, if what are we getting no 10 games of here, though? I mean, we don't know what, we I don't don't know. Know what and, he's going to look that's, like. But see, that's, that's the question. he comes in and plays. I mean, that's like you said, the guy's 30. I mean, the guy's 30. He's coming off his third quad injury. Um, I can't imagine he's going to come back and be very effective uh, when he does come back. I don't know. I, it's, that's why I'm just – I feel like you may need – you're going to have to find somebody, but I, I don't know if DJ Reader is going to be the right answer 
if they're going to be looking for a Super Bowl next year. I just don't. Luckily, though, you've got Josh Tupo as a free agent. <laughs> and let's be real. Just give him, just give him the money. Let's be real. <laughs> he, he sticks around. I feel like he's always the guy that is always on all of our cut lists. But and he, never he, just, he never gets cut. I, I specifically <laughs> left him off of my cut list, I think, this year. Because you just I know. Knew, I knew he wasn't going to get cut. I mean, the only year that he has not been cut was in 2020. or like, And that was because he opted out because of COVID. Like he was the Bengals' one opt-out, if you remember, back himself. in 2020. He pretty cut. much. <laughs> and, and I just find it hilarious that he's the guy that sticks around. But I'm intrigued by that of, you know, Josh Tupo, is he a guy that the Bengals could bring back? Because here's the thing with Josh Tupo. I mean, you, you'd probably be able to get him for a six-pack of Twinkies. You know, you know, I, I, I Spot Track has him at one and a half million dollars a year. Yeah, but he's, cheap. he's older than DJ Reader. But I he think is. at that cheap, now I mean older than DJ Reader by a couple of months. So it's not like we're talking that he's he's ancient. But I think at that price for one and a half mil, I don't think age is as big of a factor. I bet he's back next year. Yeah. Does if anything else, it's special a teams. Beast. Is that what? What's does he play on special teams at all? He might you know? be on field goal. I mean, that'd be the only thing I can't imagine. Maybe he. Maybe they just put him back there to return kicks next year. Maybe I'd I'd pay good money to watch that. Josh Tupo, I mean, big old dude. Let's see him barrel. I don't know what his forty time was, but you never know what it could happen, right? But I think it's it's interesting on this defensive line because I think it's the biggest questions really on this on this defense, other than the very backside, which we'll get here to in in a few minutes. But Mick, let's make the prediction right now. Bengals starting defensive line next year. So we'll say opening day. Oh, Bengals and the Browns in Cincinnati. There you go. That's who it's going to be. You heard it here first. They're going to open up against the Browns for the second straight season. Bengals, yeah. Browns, and Cincinnati. Uh, um, what is the starting four defensive lineman for the Bengals? We will say no, like preseason. Like everyone's healthy through preseason. We'll just we'll just say that, except DJ Reader. Like let's say DJ Reader will still have his his potential injury come back. So What's I think we can agree that court? what am I picking here? You're what? two defensive defensive linemen, a three tech and a nose tackle. We'll I mean, that's what usually Trey, Trey and Hubbard on the edges for now. I agree. Miles Murphy might might take that job though from Hubbard. We don't know. I mean, there's we can't really say starting at this point. You know, these guys are always rotating in and out. Like well, I'm saying first play of first the play? first okay. defensive snap. That's your starter. That's in, in, you ask in the NFL. That's the starter. Hubbard and so, Hendrickson. Or on the depth uh, chart, if you want to go for that way. On the depth chart at the top of the depth chart. Okay, so Hubbard and Hendrickson. Uh, B.J. Hill will be back and will okay. be starting. Maybe Tavondre Sweat from Texas at nose tackle. Maybe McKinley Jackson. Uh, Mississippi State, I believe, nose tackle. Like I think it's probably going to be a rookie because I don't think there's anybody – in the free agent class that knows tackle that would be worth it worth it. So th- they really need to hope that one of those two fall to them. And then, I mean, hell if Tavondre sweats available at pick 18, I think you really got to consider it just because there's not a lot 
of nose tackles out there in the draft. And, you know, if they don't want to pick him at 18, then you, if he's gone at, at pick number 49, you must be picking McKinley Jackson there. So I'm going to go with one of those two, I guess, at a nose tackle. Yeah, and I don't think you're wrong on that. I don't think you're wrong. Um, I, I really don't know. But I think it's going to be interesting. It's one of those big questions of this offseason that I'm going to be really interested to see how it goes. Uh, let's switch gears here and let's go to the... Well, I guess when we talk about the the guys coming back on the returners, uh, just some of these young guys, because I don't really know... I mean, do we need to talk about Trey Hendrickson? I mean, dude's a maniac. <laughs> I mean, he, he plays through broken legs, pretty much, broken wrists, uh, broken neck. It wouldn't shock me. Like he's, I, he's I don't think the edge rushers in general are going to change at all. Uh, you've got your five guys in edge rusher. You've got Hendrickson, Hubbard, Murphy, Osai, and Sample. I think that's a really solid edge rusher group. I don't see any reason to add to it unless if there's just a guy they really love in the late rounds of the draft. Um, to go in there and compete? Because if we're being honest, Joseph Osai has still not shown it. Well, It's crazy. I mean, I'm looking at his grading. He's the second best graded edge rusher this year. Albeit yet, on very limited snaps, on a very and, limited and snap count. But the numbers have not been there. Well, yeah, and, and I, the, he's not he's not being thrown out there on the field nearly yeah, enough. Like, yeah, and that's that's just the question: is, is is that a trust issue with Lou? I think it's probably a trust issue with Lou. I don't see how it isn't, given but he's in, played fairly well uh, last year. I mean, this past season. I don't know. But that'll be very interesting to see, you know, if if your defensive coordinator can't trust you. I mean, look at Chris Evans. The Bengals' yeah. offense doesn't trust Chris Evans. Uh, now I know that those I are just, not the I, same players, I just but don't I get it with those side though. Like I think he's he's definitely played better than Miles Murphy this year, and Miles Murphy definitely got more snaps. I mean, I don't know. I think it'll be interesting to see the linebacker position. Uh, your returners, Logan Wilson, Devin Harper. Remember him? He's technically returning. And Jermaine Pratt. Now, with Jermaine Pratt, again, I'm just saying that technically he is a cut candidate. Uh, technically, because he does have at least somewhat positive numbers. It'd be 4.6 mil in depth and dead money and saves only 2.4 in the cap. Which to me they're says not, he's not. They're not cutting yeah, He's him. not going to Technically, I was just mentioning it just to say that it is theoretically an option, but it's it's not going to happen. So I think, you know, your return, or I think Devin Harper will be a guy that will compete for one of those last linebacker positions. And we'll be talking about him at the end of August and being like, oh, yeah, that guy is a thing. Maybe he'll make the team. I don't know. I mean, I have no no questions or feelings about Devin Harper, except for the one play that I'm always going to think about him for. Your free agents, though, are interesting. A guy like Akeem Davis Gaither can't stay healthy. Is he back? Doubt it. Because, he, I mean, he'd be cheap. I just don't think he's going to be back. I, I think we might see Bocce and Bailey come back, but I don't see. Yes, because Joe Bocce and spending Marcus money Bailey on ADG when he can't even stay on the field. Yeah, and, and, and I don't disagree, and, and I hate that because when they made that pick, I was really excited. I really liked I that too. pick. 
back uh, was was that uh, 2020 or it 19? Must have been. I, it must have been if he's a free agent this year. Yep, you're right because it had to have been the 2020 draft. I was thrilled about that pick out of Appalachian State. I just was was really excited. I felt like that was going to be a a good get in the you know those mid rounds because wasn't it the first pick of day? Yes, it was 2020 because it was the Burrow draft. Yeah, who knows? It might have been a good draft pick if you know because I, I I think that right around the time that you know that draft was coming around or that draft happened. I think the NFL was transitioning from 4-3 defenses to 4-2 defenses. They thought it was more valuable over time. And I think that's a correct it's a correct move that it is more valuable over time because of how often they pass the ball. You more you would rather want another defensive back out there than you would want another linebacker. The defensive backs are quicker, uh, more agile, uh, yada yada yada. So I mean, who knows if they if they ran an actual four three, you know, ADG, ADG could have been that other guy. But I think he just got, um, you know, he got a bad luck of the draw there. So, and, and a lot of it too he is he's healthy. had bad, but and then he's had bad luck in the realm of, you know, Wilson and Pratt for the most part have been healthy. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, Wilson's missed a couple of games. He had the injury. He was at twenty twenty one late in the season. Mm-hmm. Where was it a shoulder on the kickoff on the kickoff? Yeah, that's the, uh, right. That's right. I forgot Chargers or it was either the Chargers or the Niners game. I think. Yes. yes. One of those two was the home game and he missed what? Three games, maybe two games, something like that yep. with a shoulder. Uh, but other than that, I mean, they've stayed healthy, which hasn't given ADG that opportunity because those are two solid. I mean, Pratt didn't necessarily have a great season. But in 2022, he, he had a good season on that contract year. He had a good season. Wilson's been pretty consistent in that realm. Is there have been a reason to take those two guys off the field and ADG can't stay healthy to give them the opportunity to potentially fill one of those voids? But I agree with you too on Marcus Bailey and Joe Bacci. I see both of them back in relatively cheap deals. Um, I don't know that they're going to cost you anything at all. No. So they will have to find another guy. Potentially, I mean, just and, and that could be easily a fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, day three pick. You could see that, or you could see them sign somebody out there for cheap. I mean, there you linebackers are easier to find. Maybe Devin Harper's actually a guy, and and we just yeah. have no idea. I don't know. I I am interested. I think I think it's all but concluded that Pratt and Wilson come back um, and be the starters. But I mean. If we're going to be honest, I mean, they, they both saw significant drop-offs in production from 2022 to 2023. Now, I think a lot of that has to do with with Vaughn and Jesse leaving. I think that they provided a lot of support, especially um, in coverage um, around their general areas as well. And I think that, I mean, you saw Pratt and Wilson kind of get burned, um, you know, in between where the safety and the linebackers kind of play, um, you know, when they're throwing the ball, I think that they were definitely quarterbacks were definitely looking for intermediate routes in between those two guys because, uh, because of all the inexperience that they had at safety and yeah. So I think a lot of it had to do with the safeties being gone 
Now, if the safety if the safeties get better, theoretically, Wilson and Pratt have better seasons. Um, I think that's a very strong possibility. But I don't know. There's also some really interesting free agent names out at linebacker too. I mean, you have Patrick Queen uh, from Baltimore, uh, former uh, teammate of Joe Burrow at LSU. Uh, what, you he, got Blake. He was I? I didn't know that. <laughs> I've never heard them to bring back an LSU guy to Cincinnati. Are you sure? Are you going to say Justin Jefferson just, next? They should just go out and get the rest of the get the rest of the team. But the, you've got other names too. You got Blake Cash. Tyler Shelvin's looking for a job. No, no. Thad uh, Moss. No. They do need Willie, a nose tackle. Willie Gay from Kansas City, also a really good uh, linebacker. I think he would provide a lot of athleticism at the position and be you know, fairly, uh, I think his cost would be fairly reasonable. Uh, yeah, as uh, there's a, there's a few good names out there. I mean, Tyrell Dodson's also out there and he was second best linebacker rated by PFF this season. So, I mean, I don't know. It, there are upgrades potentially up there. It's not like, um, they have to commit to Pratt or Wilson. I mean, they, um, they didn't commit to Jonah last year. Right. I mean, they, so we'll see. I, I think it's probably Pratt or Wilson, but wouldn't be surprised if they look for another linebacker. When you look at the secondary, let's go with the corners for this Bengals team next season. Your returners from next year for next year Mike Hilton, CTB, DJ Turner, and Jalen Davis are your returners there at that cornerback position. Uh, your cut candidates there, again, I'm just bringing these, not saying that I think they should be cut more, just bring you the numbers. Mike Hilton would be $1 mil in dead money and save $6.4 million against the cap. And when you're looking at just based on numbers, that is an enticing based on numbers. Let's, let's come back to him, though, in just a minute. And Jalen Davis, I just find this funny, $75,000 in dead money and saves $1.1 against the cap. I just found that funny. $75,000 in dead money is you know, so non-existent when it comes to that. And then your free agent is Cheeto Bay Wouzier for the Bengals. Let's go to Mike Hilton first, Mick. Because that if I'm just telling you that number, that's an enticing number as a cut candidate. But I don't think the Bengals can afford to cut Mike Hilton. People need to ask themselves the question, does the value that they provide to the team outweigh the savings they are going to get on the salary cap? Yeah. Mike Hilton's going to save, what'd you say, six and a half million on the salary cap? Correct. I 6. guarantee 4, yeah. if you got a spot rack valuation out of Mike, Hil Mike Hilton, he's easily worth at least $10 million per season. So, no, they're not going to cut Mike Hilton just because. They have an out when they when he provides um, grade A value to the team. So I I don't his think spot that rack happens. value is seven point four, is what it says. Surprise! It's not more than that. Mike Kilton was a top ten rated corner by PFF this year, and that was that. that was counting an awful start to the season yep. too. That was counting he, a, not good a, start. a start to the season where he tried to do too much. 
he was trying to help out the safeties way too much and that he ended up, you know, biting the bullet there with uh with some, you know, pretty poorly rated games. But came on extremely strong in the last three months of the season, I would say. Yeah, um, and, and it played really no way well. They're letting him go. No, because I mean, I think you know this Bengals team, they like to have an heir apparent when they make a cut. Yeah. Who's your heir apparent? Nobody. Dax, maybe I, I, they, they move they bring Dax. That's, that's exactly the, the point. Now let's let's come back to Dax here in a few minutes. There, I mean, do you really want Jalen Davis as your starting slot corner? It's I, not I mean, happening. No, no, exactly. And that's kind of where I'm saying that I, I can't imagine that he will. Let's go to Cheeto. I like Cheeto. He had a great couple of seasons here. You know, I think, you know, you, you think that 2021 and then before he got hurt in 2022, he was a great corner. This year, that injury clearly still hampered him. I just don't see a place for him on the team next year. No, they got to get younger at the position. They they have, they've shown a, uh, they've shown an initiative to do that, right? I mean, they've gotten. Uh, starting corners potentially in the second round of the past two drafts. They got DJ Turner last year. They got Cam Taylor Britt in 2022. Um, so they're working on getting younger at the position. We already know they don't like to sign guys that are close to their 30s or in their 30s. Um, Especially coming dealt, off of a major injury. And Cheeto's dealt with two ACL injuries uh, in his career. And they, the Bengals actually benefited from the first one quite well. Uh, they got him for $7 million a season. Uh, he was by far outperforming that in 2021 and the first half of 2022. Um, but, yeah, I, I agree. I don't think that he's going to be back. Uh, there are some interesting names out there at corner. Um, yeah, because I could see very well, and I think they should sign – this year's Cheeto, you know that yeah. guy that that is is maybe a second tier free like, agent. Well, I would say finding a decent insurance policy, right? Like, correct. Because if if anything else, but, like, what happens if week one Cam Taylor Britt gets hurt? Yeah, like, do, or, do you really or, have that much trust in? Gosh, I don't, and I don't even know who's playing corner at that point. Like, you need some help. Yeah, yeah, they they definitely are going to need some depth. I mean, I'm looking at the depth chart right now. I mean, you're going to be potentially relying on DJ Ivy, um, which he, he off an ACL. Forgot about DJ Ivy. Yeah, off an ACL. Yeah, that's a good point. They're they're probably going to have to draft at least one and probably sign at least one. Um, but you know, hell, it, I think that they could get the number one rated corner from PFF this season on a relatively team-friendly deal just because this was really his first, like, decent year of success. I don't know who you know. Who I'm, do you know who I'm referring to? Jeff Okuda? No. Same division. <laughs> well, no, no, not the same division. Used to be in the same division. Okay, who is it? Um, Jalen Johnson from the Chicago Bears. Okay. Uh, had a really good season. Uh, hadn't really shown up up until year four which was last year. So I don't know what his – are you able to pull up his valuation real quick? I'm working on it right now. Jalen Johnson? 
Jalen Johnson. Well, no, I don't even see that. Are you sure he's a free agent? Uh, he should be. Well, now here I'm looking. Keep talking while I while I'm searching okay. here. Uh, and then there's some good uh, insurance policy names. Uh, Amik Robertson from Vegas, uh, corner out of Louisiana Tech. He was drafted in 2020, I believe, in the fourth round. I think that would be a pretty good insurance policy. You have Isaac Yadam from uh, from New Orleans, who... Um, yes, you, know, you are I correct. Think... I was spelling his name wrong. That's why. I was oh, spelling okay. Jalen. J-A-L-E-N. I... Correct. Yes. And let's see what they have is value of market value for Jalen Johnson would be 15.7. Wow. Well, that's not happening. Yeah, no, I don't. I I would be very surprised to see them drop almost 16 mil on a corner. Yeah, no, that might be a little too much. I mean, they're looking for. I just didn't think that. I mean, I know I get this is how you know it's like a, a what have you done for me lately league, right? I mean, because that dude hadn't done anything up until this year. I mean, and yeah, he was the best corner in the NFL this year. But yeah, I just that's that's nuts. That's nuts. There, there's no valuation on Isaac Yitem, uh, but so that that tells me he could be pretty cheap. I'm trying to find a Meek Robertson right now. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, I I just really suspect that you are going to see a, the Bengals to take somebody, and you never even know if they try and go. Like, I, I joked about Akuda. Like, could you? I mean, he'd be cheap. They I would like, hate that move right, so much. Th- but I mean, if he's your cornerback five. Yeah, if he's your cornerback like five, that's fine. That's like that's Eli Apple saying. being your exactly. That's the exact thing five. that I'm saying is it's like if he's your Eli Apple, like I, I would. I mean, because I can't imagine he's going to cost more than what they were paying Eli Apple that first year. Uh, and that's why. And listen, I'm not predicting. I'm curious to see what they say the market value on him is going to be. I'm pulling it up right now as we're talking. But I, I that could be one that I could see. Wow, wow. What do you think it Ew. is on Akuda? Fourteen point seven. That yeah, no, I'm is, not, yeah that's that's, that's there, there's nobody. That's yeah, there's nobody that's going to pay for that. And if they do, then my goodness, uh, yeah, no. If, if the Bengals dropped not. fifteen mil on him, I would smack Duke Tobin across the face. No, but Isaac Yadam and um, who's the other guy I talked about? Amik Robertson. No market valuations. That's good news for us, Sam. That's I, I'm, I'm submitting my request to Duke tomorrow for this uh, to for this to be a thing, and he responds with, "Who? Who's this Who? talking to me?" Oh, he's cheap, and he was decent last year. Sign me up. Let's see what Eli Apple's valuations at just for <laughs> three point seven a mil or three point seven mil a year. See, see, like if you told me Akuda would be that price. Like, how in the hell is he? Yeah, they haven't valued it that much. Like, That's... What, what was, I wonder what is uh, it's all it's I need to see what his PFF grade, grade was. was. It was he better? It's been asked for the, uh, for the Falcons. Well, I mean, it's hard to be much time. worse if we're being hard to be. Except much worse was uh, rated 114th out of 127 corners this past season, yeah. 
I, I just don't I don't see that one happening. But still, it, it, it it's okay. I could see them throwing like if they could get him for one year three mil as a reclamation project, like I could see that. I don't uh, think that's I just can place any value in the spot rack anymore. Yeah, they, they got some wild ones on here because yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, Mike Hilton might be. I mean, they have Jeff Akuda making double the money that Mike Hilton would make. Now I know that they're you know four years different in age, but and oh, more than, what, to, what's Mike Hilton making? I thought he was making six, seven, seven. about seven. Yeah. Okay. Let's um, go to the safeties. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Yes, because I mean, you ready for the free agent safeties? Okay. No. There we go. We're done. Yep. We're done. Yep. We're done. Returners: Tyson Anderson. He will be returning, albeit from injury. Jordan Battle. Okay. I think you're looking on the team, set in stone. Those two guys are on there. You know, Tyson Anderson as your safety three slash four special teams guy. Those guys are in there. Jordan Battle, one of your starting safeties. Okay. Let's get to your favorite player on the Cincinnati Bengals, Nick Scott. To cut him, two million dead money, 2.3 against the cap. So really, though, if you're telling me just that, that's really not like a drastic number by any stretch. No, but I also don't know what he's really doing on the team next year. I don't. I don't think he's off the team. Unfortunately, uh, maybe if they find a guy, maybe if they, if they, if they, it depends. If they don't find their guy in the draft, or they don't find a guy in free agency. Nick Scott will be on the team. So if they find his replacement, he's on. He's he's off the team. If he if they don't, he's he's still there. I don't think it's just like. Let's let's talk. Uh, let's talk Dax Hill though too. Because I mean, if we're being honest, the season as a whole was was a little bit of a disappointment. Now it was his first season. That, you know, and that is the big question to me. And I think it's a big question for the Bengals defense is how much of Nick, of Nick Scott, of Dax Hill's struggles were it's his first season in the NFL. I mean, yes, I know it's his second season, but really it was his first season. He barely played his first season. And how much of it is that he might not be a starting safety? And, and how much can the Bengals afford to take that risk? I think it's more of the latter. I feel like we saw him regress as the season went on. I think so we saw could, him get worse. Paul Daner Jr. on Hear That Podcast Growling, it's been a couple of weeks ago, he brought up the point of saying, could safety be the surprise sign of this offseason? I think it very well could be. Um, the safety position is... Not I one think of the, the Bengals premium positions in the NFL. It's not expensive, but I think uh, the Bengals realized its importance this year. Yeah, well, that's where I'm saying they they realized its importance. Obviously, the market's not that great on safeties. I don't think, and they have a lot of cap money. I mean, I think it's entirely feasible that they find a safety uh, in free agency, and there's a lot of decent ones out there. I mean, Jordan Whitehead from the Jets. He's going to be a free agent this year. You have Cameron Curl from Washington, who I really like, former former seventh round pick. 
Uh, you have Julian Blackman from the Colts, who's been who's been really good. You've got um, plenty of decent safety. CGJ? No. <laughs> Sorry, um, that dude's a Alex clown. Schubert really when he was on dude. for you two weeks ago. He brought up Buda Baker. Buda Baker, now, be, I, I, I heard that. A, that would be a pricier one. He would probably be your most expensive realm of safeties. Yeah, I I don't see them going with the with the very pricey safety, uh. But I I could see them definitely taking like doing like a Cheeto esque contract with the safety as well, um, with somebody that's that's decent. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of decent good young names out here. Um, Xavier McKinney, I, another guy I love, yeah, but he's more that, of a strong you, safety than a free safety. Um, you you took the names. I mean, a guy that I would love. And I, I think we're talking about too expensive. But if you told me that they could spend this money and get Antoine Winfield. Yeah, I was I knew you were about to say that. <laughs> like, oh, my goodness. Cause that, and then I'd say, hey, Dax Hill. And, and if anything, at that point, like, and, and again, I don't think the Buccaneers let him walk out the door. Like, they're going to find some way to, to make that happen, probably. But, like, at that point, do you almost say... Dax Hill, you're now a slot corner. Mike Hilton. They they very well could. Um, and, and that's just where I find this offseason super interesting because if you put this, because Dax Hill, some people have thought it might be better suited as a slot corner and he might be the Bengals slot corner of the future. Or maybe do they bump him outside and try him as an outside corner? I, yeah. It, the reason it's they got really... Dax Hill in the draft was for his versatility, right? I mean, correct. He doesn't necessarily have to be pigeonholed into a safety or or whatever. I mean, I I I think I don't know if you just said it. I might repeat what you just said, but they I think yeah, he was projected to be better as a nickelback as as a slot corner than he was to be a safety. Correct. Um. Yeah, I don't know. And and that's an interesting proposition there too. I mean, I feel like if they do find another safety, they're going to have to find a way to get some get him some reps at the slot corner position to see if he's the guy, but how do you do that when Mike Hilton's playing? So, cuz I think you know, you're going to have a lot of these questions of and and I really think you know, is it It'll be something like we're talking about here on the defense. And let's just do all of these for defense because I think it's it's pretty accurate. Chris Jones, and again, I'm just using Chris Jones as an elite interior defensive lineman or T. Higgins. I think it's, it's, I don't know that you do both. I think it's one or the other. You know, Antoine Winfield or other elite safety or T. Higgins. You know, I, I don't think you're seeing both of those decisions make. And let's just put it this way, Mick. You get one opportunity next year on the Cincinnati Bengals. T. Higgins, elite interior defensive lineman free agency signing or elite safety signing. Run, pass, or boot it, as they do on Hear That Podcast Growling. Which are one about, are, are we taking? talking about most likely or which one I would rather have? Let's do the latter. Let's say okay. what you would do if you were Duke Tobin in the Cincinnati Bengals. So run pass or booted. If you've ever listened to that podcast growling, it's pretty much the ranking in order of running with the most light of what you would do the most and booting the least and passing us on the middle. Cause I think it's interesting. 
it depends uh, i i'm normally if they were like an elite younger interior defensive lineman i'd be running with that like if chris jones was three or four years younger i would be running with that 100 times out of 100 but since he is in his 30s and there really isn't a guy like yeah there's a christian wilkins but um i don't know how he how he could translate from a three four to four three so i'm gonna i'm gonna run i'm still gonna run with t higgins at wide receiver uh just because of how valuable the position is the wide receiver position is um i'm gonna pass on the interior defensive lineman, I'm still going to boot the safety. Now, what do you think the Bengals will do? Is it in that same order? Yes. I think so. Yeah. But I find it very interesting. Like, if Antoine Winfield does, or even a guy like Kyle Duggar, you know, he's probably more, though, in that Jordan Battle realm. Yeah. Strong safety. They, they play, yeah. But it's it's just it's it's very interesting. But I mean, if Antoine Winfield, if the Bengals could get him, that that would excite me. That would make me go, wow. You you, you know, in, in that realm, that it, it's rare. I think you know, over the past couple of seasons, there's been one free agent every year that has made me go, oh. You know, last yeah. year was Orlando Brown Jr. Uh, Von Bell did it for me, frankly, just because it was the air the 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 time I saw it and what I was doing when I saw it that made me do it. Cause I was not in a position to be thinking about the Bengals. And I got a notification that they'd signed Von Bell. And I was like, Oh, but a safety signing would make me go, Oh, you know who that- I'd be. I'd be very thrilled with Geno stone. Another name. I, I, Baltimore. yeah. Yep. Baltimore. Uh, Market value here for spot track is is seven point two. Yeah, now he is not a free safety, so that might be that might be a no. You think they just let us have Kyle Hamilton instead? I think everybody's a strong safety that's like decent. I'm not gonna lie; like the only one that's the only decent free safety I'm seeing on spot rack is Antoine Woodfield Jr. Everybody else is like old. So that's a little, that's a little, a little bit concerning. We might be, we might be dealing with Dax again. We might, we might have Dax. I mean, you're looking here. At, I'm just listening on on Spot Rack. They have the free agents: Buda Baker, Micah Hyde, who is 75 years old, Tayshon Gibson, who is 78 years old. Also, Eric- let's mention the fact that Buda Baker is on a club option right now. Correct, and I would imagine that, but it's it's a strong club option. I mean, 14.75, I would imagine that Arizona would take that. Uh-huh. But uh, I don't know. I it, It'll be very interesting what happens with that safety position over these next uh, couple of weeks, though, uh, once we move into free agency. Uh, let's touch a little bit on special teams. Um, your returners, as of right now, Evan McPherson, Brad Robbins, and then Cal Adamitis is technically a free agent, but he's like Jake Browning. He's an exclusive rights free agent, which means the Bengals pretty much just put a tag on him, and he's back. So Cal Adamitis will be your long snapper next year, and he has every reason to be. Uh, most Bengals fans don't know his name, which is a long snapper is the best thing to do because nobody, everybody remembers Brad St. Louis for all the wrong reasons. Uh, 
the Brad Robbins, though, I think is is the big question, Nick. And I think that the Bengals have to bring in some competition for him. Do you know who's a free agent at punter? Evan McPherson's old teammate at Florida. Tommy Townsend. From Kansas City. Yep. Who played for the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, I would would think that Kansas City might just bring him back. I I would would imagine. He's pretty solid. Try to retain punters. He's a good punter. But if they decide not to... I feel like you, I feel like they might want to take a flyer on that, and that also might. I don't know what Evans and Tommy's relationship is. I would assume it's probably. I would assume it's probably pretty good. Um, in fact, didn't they? Wasn't wasn't it Tommy Townsend had that had the story? Now that I'm thinking about it, after the AFC Championship game two years ago, that. They exchanged jerseys, and Evan said, "No, you can have this one because I'm keeping my Super Bowl jersey or something." Remember this? Maybe. Uh, and now I now I got to Google this while we're, while we're going. And another guy that I would just love, just because I I love his name so much, I'd love Rigoberto Sanchez, just because <laughs> I Rigoberto is such a great name, it's so much fun to say. It's like Francisco. Um. Also, Cameron Johnson's a free agent punter. Um. I don't. I, I. I. The reason why I'm bringing them up is because I, I watched the. Um, I watched the Texans game versus the Colts in Week 18, and I think I yeah, and also the Ravens game, and. Um, he kind of had punts that Zach Taylor was kind of looking for, you know, punts with high hang time, that didn't go for crazy distance, but you know, pinned them, you know, pinned. The opposing teams back in the twenty, you know, well with well well into the twenty, um, on multiple occasions. I wonder if they they do try to bring him in, and I think he would probably be a little bit cheaper than uh, than Townsend or Rigoberto uh, Sanchez. The the story was is Evan McPherson swapped jersey with Tommy Townsend after the Week Seventeen win. Townsend told him, said, you need to keep this jersey. It won the AFC North. And McPherson told him, you can have it. I'll keep my Super Bowl jersey. So he called <laughs> his shot then, and he turned out to be uh, exactly right, which I just love Evan McPherson's confidence. So they at least have so some. It sounds like they have a good relationship. Yeah. Correct. Either that or Evan McPherson really is as ballsy as we thought he was. Yeah. Um, but I think it'll be really interesting, and we're going to talk a lot more about those specific free agents over these next couple of weeks as it goes and gets closer and closer to free agency opening up. How let's uh, Pro Bowl on Sunday, isn't it? I know you are. You're having your your annual Pro Bowl party, right? <laughs> yeah. Yep, that's exactly what I'm doing. You're making all of your buffalo Everybody's chicken invited. dips. Yep. Everybody's uh, invited like to the Pro Bowl party. Pro Bowl I'm party. I'm so excited to not watch football for, for a weekend. I'm not going to lie. So you're not going to watch any of the Pro Bowl? No. I'm sorry. The Pro Bowl games. Um, No. Yeah, I won't either. I, I, I have something to do on Sunday, so I won't be able to watch it anyways, but it's not like I'm going to be checking my phone about the updates I, of... I have What's something happening? to do. It's called literally anything else. <laughs> Watching paint dry. Having a yeah. root canal. 
things better than that. Uh, Jamar Chase and Trey Hendrickson, though, are going to be representing the Bengals. At least we're mentioning that. Look, we checked that off. We did our jobs. We talked about that. Uh, the conference championships over the weekend. Uh, Mick, any takeaways necessarily? Chiefs and 49ers Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, I hate that people are really pissed off at the matchup itself. Like, yeah, I get it. It's a Super Bowl we've already seen. Yeah, they are two franchises that um, we've seen probably be the two top franchises in the in the sport for the past five years. I get all that. But still, I mean, it's still going to be a really good matchup. Uh, a lot of great storylines, uh, as there are with any Super Bowl. Um and you're going to see a really good game anyway. So quit complaining about it, please. And just be grateful you get to watch a, a, a good game. I um, think here's one of the interesting takeaways for me when it comes to the Bengals. And I've, I heard this take from somebody, and I think it's very accurate. You know, the Bengals have been the team that has had the most success against Kansas City in the playoffs over the last couple of seasons. Now, I, I know one and one, and I'm not, listen, I'm not getting into the, the argument about the Mahomes Burrow, like, frankly, no. But, but you look at this is the AFC North over these last couple of seasons has not had playoff success except for the Bengals. You know, yes, the Ravens won against the Texans, but they've not. And, and I think it's interesting because you look that the Bengals are almost not an AFC North team anymore. And what I mean by that is that they don't play AFC North football. That's like why they suck Steelers, against the AFC Ravens, North, but they're really good against the rest of the NFL. Correct. And I think it's why they're better off in the playoffs Because they're better suited to win the Super Bowl than they are to win the AFC North. Now, that's probably not the greatest thing, but because because they have the ability to pass. And it, when it comes down to it, the Bengals are the only team in the NFL in the AFC North that is truly built to pass the ball. You saw more of it from Baltimore this year. But Cleveland, I mean, Deshaun Watson, I, Pittsburgh, whoever the heck's going to start a quarterback next year for them. I mean, they just signed Arthur Smith as their offensive coordinator, which pleased me. Uh, and I think that's what makes it sustainable. And that was one of my big takeaways is that you once again saw that the Bengals are the cream of the crop of the AFC North based on just sheer offensive talent. And that's why this offseason is so important to fix that defense. Because I think if that happens, we could have a really special season in Cincinnati next year. Yeah, no, totally agree with that. Uh, one other point I want to bring up is that I am really glad that Zach Taylor gambles, um, you know, to go forward on fourth down in reasonable situations, unlike Dan Campbell. Um, you know, I, I like a, I like a coach that goes for it occasionally if the situation presents itself in a, in a good way. Uh, I don't think either of the two situations for Dan Campbell presented themselves in good ways. Uh, you take the points on the first go around. If you're the Lions, you're up three scores well into the third quarter. You're up 27 to 10. Um, you take the field goal late in the game. You're tying the game at 27. 
and you're not having to play catch up. Um, so yeah, I, I'm really glad that Zach, I think, I don't want to say understands the game, but he, um, I don't Here's know that his strategy is a little more, uh, is, is not as aggressive as that. Zach Taylor is a good head coach in the NFL. Yeah. People don't want to say that, but he is. He is a good head coach in the NFL. And I think the Bengals are lucky to have him because I think the best part about Zach Taylor is he learns. Yeah, I, I could agree with and that. He evolves. And he evolves. I mean, you look, the Bengals have always been best later in seasons because I think Zach Taylor is great at evolving as a head coach. But I think next season, Frank has it on the head. They could do all they want in improving the defense. But if number nine's not healthy, I, I don't know that it really matters in the long run. I feel like that's the way it is for almost any other NFL team not the not named the 49ers. Because yes. they can just put they can have, Yeah, they could have one of us out there playing quarterback and we're we're at least making a conference championship. But yeah, I, I agree with that, Frank. Uh, you probably need Burrow to be healthy for, um, for sustained success. So I mean, I don't know. But yeah, the conference championships. Uh, I was just kind of disappointed in that Chiefs Ravens game. Like I kind of liked that it was a defensive slugfest, but Lamar looked like uh, playoff Lamar. You know. You knew I, it was going to happen sometime. Is Lamar, and, and really, we don't have time for this because we got to wrap up, and I got to at least watch some of my Kentucky game. They're winning by one, Mick, if you don't care right now. Um, I, I know. That's why I'm telling you. Lamar Jackson is the most overrated elite quarterback in the NFL. Do you put Dak in the elite category? No. But he had like a top three PFF season. He was an MVP candidate this year. This is the most overrated I mean, MVP Andy, Andy season. Dalton, I was going to say, I mean, look, at, this, look at your MVP three candidate. MVP candidates this year. I think, three, I don't, three, have you three, ever three. had a more overrated, well, I guess a takeout Christian McCaffrey, Brock Purdy, Dak Prescott, Lamar Jackson. Have you ever had a more like, unta- I mean, and, and Untalented. The, fact, the, right the fact that Josh Allen has gotten no MVP buzz is the craziest and stupidest thing I have Although, ever seen from football writers in a I, long time. I did see somebody making a very interesting argument, and this is a good way to end the show, Mick, on who should be the MVP. And you know who they were arguing? Probably Tyree Kill. Joe Burrow. Why? Because I hate that argument. Because when you look at the the it is most valuable player, and when Joe Burrow is healthy, the Cincinnati Bengals are the best team in the NFL. Uh, I could agree. And, and with listen, that. I'm not, I, I'm not like I just more chuckled just because I knew it would I, make opposing fan bases angry. I I'm telling you, Sam, you also saw the Bengals' offense have success with Jake Browning in. I think if Josh Allen is out at quarterback for the Bills. The Bills oh, aren't not, winning a game. That, that is not my take. That is not my take. It more just made me chuckle because I find it, it funny how people get so mad about things like that. 
Mick, this has been uh, fun. Yeah. We'll have yeah. to uh, see you back here next week. Uh, I don't know what we'll talk about. I think talk probably more offseason as we get closer and closer to getting ready for free agency to open up here in a couple of weeks. Franchise tag window opens here soon, too. You know, will the Bengals tag T. Higgins? Will they get a deal done beforehand? Those are all the questions that we'll have to answer over these next couple of weeks. Uh, remember to follow us on our social media channels, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. Uh, and we're also on your favorite podcasting platform as well. Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, all of those for it. Uh, any parting thoughts, Mick? Um, actually, I don't, um, you know, do good things out there, guys. There you go. That That's a great way for us to end, to end the show. <laughs> we'll see you next week, every Wednesday night at eight o'clock Eastern times until next time. Who day? Who day? Thanks for watching.